Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share my friends' God stories with you. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and will be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. This is episode 149 with my guest, Alicia Byers. Alicia is wife to Chad, mom to two toddlers, and she coaches women online. She lives on a small farm in South Carolina, nurturing her six chickens. Alicia is a recovering hustler, a natural go-getter. She has learned how to live a restful life that is freeing her to be the best wife and mom she can be. And she's here to share how we can too. You will hear the difference between hustle and habit culture, small steps we can do to integrate rest in our own lives. And we will find out what Alicia means when she said, it's life-giving to your whole house when you do this. She shares something special that I did not know about her family and y'all, it's precious. We talk about what she's eating, reading, and loving. And yes, the subject of glitter does come up. A super fun, practical, and meaningful episode for you today. Okay, well, let's get to it. Here is my conversation with my friend, Alicia Byers. Well, hey, Alicia, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Yay. Okay, so we do not know each other in real life, but I mean, who does anymore, right? (laughs) It's the truth. So we're over Zoom. We are talking with each other today, and I'm so glad you're here. We met on Instagram, and you have been such an encouragement to me. And you have been a lifesaver to me. And we're going to talk about that in a minute of how you've been a lifesaver to me. But welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. All right. So you are in South Carolina. You are a wife, a mom to two. So tell us a little bit more about you. Okay. So that's, that's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I am a wife. My husband is amazing. His name is Chad. And we have two children, Bailey, who is coming up on five, which I cannot believe it makes me so sad. And Barrett, who just turned three. Um, we are in Fort Mill, South Carolina. We have a huge 90 pound Labradoodle and eight chickens and little tiny farm here and I own um, my own coaching practice. So I'm a partner of ProAdvisor Coach, but I do um, business coaching and one-to-one women's coaching. Yes. And that's why you're my lifesaver. (laughs) I uh, asked you to help me with time blocking because I tend to get a little distracted and kind of off the rails sometimes. And I needed some help. I need somebody my to tell people, me. Though. You are my people, Ren. Well, you have helped me so much, but I love, I have to say this. I love that your daughter's name is Bailey because that's your maiden name. And I love that so much. Okay. But can I tell you something really special? Yes. So 
Chris, who you know at, over at Expedition Marriage. So he is actually not my biological father. And so to me, the last name, Bailey, he adopted me. And so if you know a little bit about my parents' story, so that name for her is like, for me, just like the father's love. Like it is so much more than just like my maiden name. So anytime I get to share that, I love to share that because obviously my maiden name, but it was because my dad chose me. And so it's just so special. So when she gets older to more fully understand it, then it'll be exciting to share. But for now I get to share it anytime that I can, just the beauty of getting to name her that because it means so much to me. Mm, I had no idea. I think that most people don't, you know, if you know my parents extensively have heard like their story, you know, it's not something that is hidden. It's just not something we, you know, you lead with. (laughs) Right. Sure. Yeah. Wow. That is precious. And that you can bring in the spiritual application to your daughter and your son about we are adopted as Christ has adopted us. I love that. Wow. What a great, what a great lead in right here. You know, (laughs) I love that. Well, I wanted to have you on because you are such a great voice about resting and how we as moms, we struggle with that. I mean, I struggle with that. I know you have in the past have struggled with that and how, you know, I'm reading the book called Sacred Rest by um, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. I had her on the podcast for the series this summer on health and wellness. And I just, I just am loving that book. And I am just, you know, like taking nugget by nugget because I want to put into practice what she's talking about. And you have come from a perspective of being a go-getter, an achiever. And so how has rest really transformed your life? Man, And so, you know, it's so funny because you mentioned that this is not something I've like, I don't even feel like close to mastering yet. And even in the last two years, it's like, had you met me two years ago, my mindset was totally different. So even like just the mindset shift of, of understanding what rest is and what it can look like, I think I rebelled against rest for so long because to me, I equated rest with laziness. And so having that mindset was very detrimental to my growth because for so long I thought, oh, you rest, you're lazy because I only viewed rest as putting your feet up. And so when I started to understand and learn that rest was so much more than that, and it was really unique for me, and it was a a mental rest, a spiritual rest, all of those things, it started giving me life again. Like it started really opening up lessons that I didn't know I needed to learn because I wasn't resting. And so that nature of how it transformed the way I think, the way I'm able to now stop multitasking, like those kind of things. I mean, learning to rest really shook up a lot of bad habits that I was doing. Yeah. And I think it does in all of us because, and like you, I've thought in the past of rest is sleep, you know, and And the thing in her book is about rest is restorative, that it is uh, restoring. And sometimes, and, and she says this in the book, but sometimes I wake up and I'm don't feel rested, you know, and it's really not that it's more than that. So how did you really get to this point? What spoke into you to know that you really had a rest problem? Um, Seven years ago, I stood at an altar and took vows with my husband. (laughs) That is probably that, um, a combination of the Lord 
just really using people. Um, I, you know, wasn't like I was praying and then God just told me, I think he really used people in my life, my mom, my husband, Chad, my best friend, Thornley, like those people to really say, gosh, I'm kind of like hurting for you. It feels like you don't ever slow down. Like, it, you know, I remember hearing kind of a painful comment of, you know, I had, I'd reached something really exciting and then I just moved on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And somebody called me on, they were like, are you not going to like celebrate that? Like it's, and that's what I started seeing is this cycle of like not resting. So I really believe God used people in my life to, to really draw this out. And it's something that I think Chad's probably said to me for years before it finally, I finally was like, I get it now. Um, for sure use people around me to draw it. And then I think it was just a nice dose of humility when I finally accepted, you're right. This is a huge problem. (laughs) Mm. Well, and I love how encouraging is that, that God can use people in our life and that he can use us in other people's life. I mean, to call people out on the carpet and, or also just speak to them and say, I love you. I don't like what you're, you know, I, I see you not resting. I see that what it's doing to you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well there, I'm going to quote you because I like <laughs> to stalk people, even though we follow each other on Instagram and all the things, but you had a quote recently about rest and you said, good rest drives success. Mm-hmm. So what did you mean by that? So it's interesting, the thoughts that we can have around rest and you know, when we look at rest, we can say either we rest from our work. So for me as a mom, this looks like I get up, I work all day long, I take care of everybody, and then I collapse at the end of the day and I'm resting from my hard day's work. Or I can flip it on its head and say, I work out of my rest. So I wake up and I have quiet moments of of restful mentality, a restful spirit. I'm not multitasking. My attention is not divided a hundred ways. I'm fully present. Like that to me is rest. And so coming out of rest, thinking I'm working from my rest really puts a lot of stock in, am I resting? Opposed to collapsing from, I'm so exhausted. I'm just, rest is just what I have to have at this point. If we can start thinking that. So when I said that rest drives success, I really mean Rest can be our fuel for the things that God has for us that day. It may be taking care of children. It might be going to the office. It might be, you know, having difficult conversations with friends or your spouse or encouraging, whatever it is. If we can think about rest being the fuel for the things that God has for us, that's when we see that increase of success because we made rest a priority. Mm. Well, and I love that we talk about rest and how it, it needs to fuel us, but it can fuel us to do what God's purposes are for us. We can't do what God wants us to do if we don't come from a place of rest. I mean, and I remember one thing you said on an Instagram, I guess it was either an IGTV or an Instagram live, something you said, and it stuck with me. And that's the main reason why I hired you because you said, if y'all are doing, you were talking to moms, if y'all are doing the dishes at 8 PM at night, something is wrong. And I was like, I mean, you might not have been that like, like direct, but in my mind, that was what I needed to <laughs> hear. <what> heard. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I, I needed that. I needed Cause I literally the next night it's like eight twenty, and I'm doing the dishes and I'm like, wait, <laughs> something is wrong. If I'm doing dishes at eight twenty at night, 
and we only have one child. It's not like we're going to like 500 practices. We do practice, you know, soccer practice on Monday night. This was just a basic night and I'm doing dishes at 820. There is something wrong. And I was like, I need a leader in my life, number one. And I need to learn to not multitask. So what would you say a practical way that we as moms can integrate rest? Because it's all different kinds of rest. How can we do that? Oh, <laughs> without just like word exploding on you. One is get your people involved. So some of the best strategies I have involve me telling someone else, hey, at seven o'clock, I'm done for the day. Um, I do this like for being healthy. We go out, hey, I'm going to order the salad. Just don't let me order all the fries. And I just, just saying that, Hey honey, seven o'clock tonight, I'm done for the day. If you could just be sure I'm sitting down <laughs> those simple mm. reminders, best friend. Hey, I'm going to text you at eight, but I'm going to be off my phone by nine because it's time to read. So incorporating others in this is really, really helpful. Um, another strategy is scheduling it throughout the day. So it doesn't have to be something that you're like, I take a day at the spa. Like that's not, <laughs> you know, that's not realistic for no. most moms. Um, <laughs> but scheduling, hey, at lunch, my phone goes away. I make my lunch and I sit down with my kids and I eat it. Just because rest looks different for you in this season, because rest right now for me with two toddlers, it's going to look really different than what rest looks like when my kids are off at school. Right now, I can find rest sitting with my kids because I'm not multitasking. I'm not got my brain on all the things I have to do. I just practice it. Um, so scheduling it throughout your day in small chunks is very helpful. Also, just pressing yourself to know what rest looks like for you. If you have not identified what is restful to you, that's where I would start um, because that was the biggest challenge for me is I just always thought rest was putting your feet up, binging Netflix or doing nothing. But what I learned is rest for me is like creative projects. It's sometimes my most restful moments are actually sitting on the riding mower outside blaring music because mm. I'm just in the moment basking in the sun and I smell the grass and it's just, it's so restful. And I felt like for a while I got some heat from people like that's not rest. And I really had to kind of buck up a little bit and say, you know what? this is giving me a spiritual and a mental quiet mm -hmm. and it is rest for me. And mm -hmm. so we, you know, I, I learned what that is. So I would start with, to say all that, I would start with identifying what's restful, schedule pockets of that throughout your day, just small things, start tying lunch with rest. If you can start practicing when it's lunchtime, it's rest time. That's beautiful when you do that and then employ your people to help you and just vo voice it. Hey, eight o'clock, I'm plugging my phone up mm. at the microwave timer, whatever you have to do, but get loud about what you want some help with, or just voice it. Cause it, your people can help you. Even your kids. If you tell your kids, mommy's putting her phone up oh. or can you help me fold or let's do this together? Or, Hey, do you want to read a book with me? Because maybe that's really restful for you as a mom is sitting there reading a book. Hey, can you go plug mommy's phone up? That I think is just amazing. If we could tie resting with hanging out with our kids, that mental rest and emotional, I think it's really powerful. Mm, I love all, there were so many good nuggets in there, but especially where you employ your kids or get help from people around you. I was going to say, working with your hands, my husband does that. Jim does that. He goes, I mean, we have an airplane in our garage. 
normal things, right? Normal, right? But he, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We're fine. We're all fine. All right. But he works with his hands and that's how he incorporates rest. Now he wouldn't say, I'm going to rest in the garage now. You know, like yeah. he would just say, I'm going to work on the airplane. That's his rest. That's working with his hands, you know? Um, and so I love that you said that we've got to figure out what is rest to us. And so yeah. I think it's a lot of slowing down and, and looking at that. And like you said earlier, it's a mind shift a mindset shift as well. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about this, um, about the habit culture and the hustle culture, because a lot of people in business, if there are women out there that are in business or even really, I mean, keeping up with kids practices. And I know a lot of things are different this year, but there's a lot of sports that are going on and, and, you know, keeping up with that hustle. What would you say um, the difference is between those two for us? So I definitely am on like an anti-hustle journey myself because I, again, I'm learning all this stuff in real time. And I, when I look at hustle, what it tells me as a mom and a business owner is there's always more, keep going. You don't have enough. You're not there because hustle tells us you just buckle down, do it more, more, and more. There's always improvements. There's always more to do. If you accomplish this, you can do that. And so hustle culture has a mindset of needing and never being satisfied and grit, you know, just put it some grit into it and let's do it. Whereas habit culture says you've done enough. It says, Hey, like small progress over time, 1% improvements compounded over time is, is radical change. And if you've done a little bit more than you did yesterday, man, that's great. You've done it. And so the, the difference of those in that, just the mindset of, are you, you know, I've done enough. I'm there today. And then the opposite, which is the hustle is there's always more keep going, mm. push further and harder and faster. So I do think that that mindset for a mom, if we could have the freedom to say, Hey, no, yeah, there's a hundred other things I could have done today, but I did the two most important habits that I had. I read time in the word. I loved on my children and maybe I made sure everyone ate today. <laughs> That's pretty darn good. Instead of saying eight o'clock at night, Oh, I got the dishes there. Yeah, you could hustle and grind it out. Or you know what? You could sit and enjoy an hour of quiet with your spouse or a girlfriend or go to the store or do something that you enjoy and just save it for another day. But I think sometimes that hustle culture can drive us to feel guilty if we cash out for the day. <laughs> like mm. just that we need to do more. We need to do more. Or what I did today was not enough. Whereas if we have good habits of shutting down after dinner, dishes are done by seven. It's like, hey, you know what? I didn't do the dishes by seven, but you know what? At seven I was done for the day. So I'm happy with that opposed to going to bed thinking, Oh, I can't even sleep because I have I used to tell my husband this, I can't even sleep because I have so much stuff I need to do. What's the point of it? I was like, whoa, that is where hustle culture really starts to breed so many habits that are unhealthy, but also just not being satisfied and a lack of contentment. It's like what I have isn't enough. What I've done isn't enough because there's more. 
Mm. It's coming to mind when you're saying hustle culture and I'm thinking of there is no rest in hustle culture. I mean, there is none. (laughs) We've been talking about rest and how there is not habit culture. Yes, it is. It is where you're integrating rest in your life. And I love that you brought out the fact of contentment and how you can look at the habit culture of developing those habits that I don't have to do all the things I can be content with what he's called me to do for this day. And I fed my kids. I was in the word and I shut everything off at 7 PM. And you can set, like, I I heard this from um, Rebecca Smith's book, A Better Life. It's kind of like her story and her journey. And she does address some of these similar messages, but she talks about giving a, a time, a time for hustle. Now I don't even like to use the word, but the point is setting a limit saying like, okay, for the next hour, my phone's going up. I'm going to clean. Like I've never cleaned before for 60 minutes. And what I get done is what I get done. So it's not saying if you don't live in hustle culture, that means you're not working hard or you're not getting a lot of stuff done, or you're not pushing forward on your dreams, or you're not losing weight. Like you want to lose weight or eating healthy. It just means you're not dictated by that mindset anymore. So if you want to set, you know, some, an hour marker to work really hard, then just put a beginning and an end to quote unquote hustle. You know, it's like I got 60 minutes and that's it. Well, and that's probably the best thing I have taken from you. You messaged me the other day and said, Hey, Ren, cause I was like, Oh, I'm not, I, I can't start our time blocking that. I, I thought I was going to start this week and I think it's going to be next week. And you said, Hey, 1%. After 52 weeks, a 1% difference is 52%. And I was like, whoa, she's amazing. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She dropped the mic because that's really, it's mindset. It's totally mindset. And that's why you helped me organize because I was like, I've got, you know, chores of the house, cleaning and dinner. And then I've got the podcast and I'm like all over the place. And that's where, yeah, that's where you said, okay, let's time block. Let's put your phone away. Hello. Key phrase. Let's put your phone away and then let's, you know, for an hour or, I mean, we time blocked it even more detailed than that, but, you know, of of focusing on the podcast. So let's focus on writing this day and focus on recording on this day. And so that's why you have been so immeasurable to me of how to organize everything. And I think it's because of the fact that you have really realized this time blocking and restful life to live. Yeah. It doesn't come natural. And so, you know, time blocking, I think when people hear that, they're like, that's for neurotic people, or that's like for like type A people. But the truth is when you're time blocking, you're just basically like putting intentional things on your calendar. It's like protecting your rest. Like we live in a culture right now that we have to like be very intentional about protecting the sacred things. Otherwise they'll, we just don't have time for them anymore. And if we don't do that and time blocking is not, you know, down to the minutes, it's very, I mean, if you've got kids and you're like, I don't work, I have, you know, I stay home, which is absolutely incredible and challenging and hard. Time blocking is still effective. What if you had the freedom to say, you know what? I only do housework from one to two. I clean up and then I do it from five to six and that's it. And you just sit and you wait and you enjoy your kids. You do what you need to do. So it's not down to the minutes. It's just being intentional with, Hey, I'm, I don't want to be running my, you know, spinning my wheels all day, constantly running around like a mouse, like picking up all the toys that are falling. I just, I want to do it twice a day. Mm. And it's just being intentional with that, what that looks like. And I promise you, your family will appreciate it because mm. you'll treat them different because you're not 
collapsing from needing rest at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. If you wake up and you feel fueled and you're, oh, wow, it's, it's time for me to do pickup. It's way different than I'm doing it for the hundredth time today. And you're, you know, throwing things at lightning speed into the toy basket because you're angry at this point, you know? So it, it really is life-giving to your, your whole house when you do this. Mm. And that's what we are. We are caretakers of our home. I mean, we are home, you know, we, the heartbeat is, is with how a mom's attitude is. And if our attitude is angry, then it's going to overflow. You know, it really is. Okay. I want to talk so much longer, but we are on a a time uh, constraint, but because we're time blocking and we're being wise about intention. And you know what I am going to do after this, I'm going to set my timer and clean my house for an hour because I know I need to do it. But then, you know, things get distracting, you know, and then you might be grouchy later, even though you're the one who chose not to do it earlier. That's the best part. I'm like, why am I like this? I I did this to myself. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Timers are the best thing that are the best invention. Are they not? I'm like, Oh, I got four minutes left. How much can I get? Like how can I do in four minutes? It's wonderful. And and my house will look so much better. If I just say, I'm going to set aside an hour instead of feeling guilty of doing five minutes here in front. I'm like, why didn't I get it? Where did the day go? Well, if I set that timer and just do it, my house will look totally different and our businesses would look totally different and our (laughs) lives would look totally different. So that's encouraging. Okay. So I wanted to say something, uh, your parents at Expedition Marriage did a post about marriage and you screenshot a picture of you and your husband, Chad, and you said that you were the charismatic one. And so, and then we're going to go eat, read, love. So charismatic, tell me what is the best thing about you that shows that you are charismatic? Oh, probably just, I'll, I think I'll say most anything, how, how I feel like it is or should, should be, but also leaning into like things that are fun. And I used to not. So charismatic for me is like, I want to wear these giant feather earrings or hot pink lipstick, or I'm 30 and I wear glitter and I literally, it's called unicorn glitter. That's like <laughs> what it's called on Amazon. Like I buy that. So for me, I'm the one who's like, I'd have pink, rainbow hair and just kind of lean into like the fun, fabulous stuff. And I just stopped caring. Like if it was something for a 13 year old, I'm like, "Eh, I don't care. I think it's fun. Um, so (laughs) that's a little bit of charismatic. I'm definitely the one that's say it how it is, but I'm learning to embrace that side and embrace things that I think are fun, um, in general, but it does come out in like pink lipstick and unicorn glitter. (laughs) Okay. Where do you put the unicorn glitter? I need to know about this. Is it oh like highlight? Sometimes I do. So I did, I'm the person who bought the pack of 50 loose glitter packets. Like it's, it's not a shaker. It's like straight up loose. So I'll either do it on my eyelids entirely or underneath, like on my cheekbone, like the full thing. Oh, we might like, I might put it on my arm. <laughs> oh, My husband would die. He said glitter is from the pit. Oh yep. my word. Love it. I love it. But oh, it's just a fun. I'm like, I just, I just want to have fun and I've, and I just want to try and say things how they are, how I see them and kind of just go for it. And I do move quickly on things I want to do. So I think my husband would say that comes out as being charismatic. Cause I'm like, yeah, I just, I want to do it. So now I've texted everyone and we're having a party tomorrow. I Let's love, do it. <laughs> I love it so much. 
That's true. And I agree. The charismatic, it does fit you. And I love that about Oh, I'm so I glad to that. hear that you affirm that. I think As- what I said first was like, I don't know. I think he may have said like Lisa Frank, like we were discussing it and he was like, I think you're like Lisa Frank. He calls me Lisa Frank. So and don't we, we love Lisa Frank from the I 80s. So good. Oh, I love it. Okay. So last three questions we're going to go through quickly. What are you eating? Cause I like to eat. What are you reading and what are you loving these days? Okay. So eating, I just have to say what I ate last night. Cause it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary's whole life. I follow all of her stuff. She does like gluten-free, whole 30, all this, but it was a harvest sheet pan dinner. It was like butternut squash, sausage, apples, a delicious marinade. So right now I think I'm all about like the fall dishes, like anything like harvest themed or soup. Like we're doing a chicken basil soup for dinner with like warm bread. I'm like, yes, I'll have some of that. Yes. (laughs) That sounds great. That's what I'm eating. Um, what I am reading right now, um, I did just finish Jennifer Allwood's Fears Not the Boss of You, which I really like that. Of course, um, on the business side, I'm reading Contagious by Jonah Burke. Let me verify the last name, Jonah Berger. Yes. And he, it's basically just about triggers and associations, like why we buy things. Um, But I'm all about that. Like, that's why I mentioned the lunch. If we can pair lunch with rest, our body will start to sit down to eat and rest naturally if we can start pairing that. So I'm loving that book, Contagious. And then what I am loving right now I am loving the season of my kids being back in school, um, in preschool, um, just because it's given that schedule balance for them. And it's really given me some time and space back. And while the last months have been wonderful being together, I think we were all kind of needing some time alone. So I'm just loving this season of getting back to normal and, and going through the hallways and seeing my friends mm. a couple days a week, you know, just it's more than school. It's just seeing community and rubbing shoulders with people that I love and that I care about and that I, you know, don't want to text more. I don't want to be my phone more, but I'm kind of forced to now. So I'm loving this season of of getting back to reconnect with people. It kind of feels like we just took a long holiday and Mm. we're rekindling everything. That's good. That's good. I feel that way too. Well, this has been amazing and I am so excited that we got to chat today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh my gosh. So fun. So fun. So fun. All right. Well, I'm going to go set my timer and you're going to go get your kids. So we are going to do it and integrate rest in our day. And uh, I love it. I love it. So thanks so much, girl. Of course. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this conversation today with my friend, Alicia Byers. And let me tell you, I mistakenly forgot to have Alicia share where you can find her online. She is at Coach Alicia, that's C-I-A, Byers on Instagram. And on there, she gives great tips about resting, about time blocking. So you will want to go follow her over there. That's at Coach Alicia Byers. Okay, one more thing. Would you do me a favor? Would you consider sharing this episode with a friend? If you know of a mom who may need some encouragement today, would you text this episode to her? Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening. 
Let's say it together. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.